0: Hi, and welcome to Y2K Group Chat. This is a series about how artists navigate through their practice and a behind-the-scenes look into their lives. Y2K Group is an art agency and advisory focused on supporting emerging artists in New York and beyond.
1: Hi, we're here with Frankie Phillips. We're actually recording at his show here, recording live. Where's here? At Y2K Group. (laughs) Okay. Here and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never done this before. Kind of on site uh, with the artist in person. We're trying it out. We social distance and have all have our masks on. And we're here inside Frankie's show, literally. Uh, we're opening Saturday, March 13th literally. from 12 to 6. And this is our third solo exhibition with Frankie Phillips. And his first here at the Tribeca space. And, yeah, we have a lot of questions just because the work is very new, very surprising, very shocking, but not in a bad way, I'd say. Also, like, just very innovative and visionary. So, Hmm. yeah. I guess, Frankie, if you just want to... Just maybe talk about how you got to, you know, adding the coat hangers with the paintings to make these sort of flaps that jut out of the actual rectangle of the painting. Yeah.
2: Well, um, I had the habit of using some fabric materials to make paintings for a while and I wanted to make some paintings with shirts, actually. And I have like a painting I wanted to make with a coat. And for some reason, I wanted to utilize a hanger on the top to kind of like anchor the coat or the shirt. Didn't really end up doing that. And just had fun exploring the hangers. I think they're basically just run-of-the-mill white wire hangers from the dry cleaner. And I like that they're run-of-the-mill. I like that they're kind of worthless, kind of mundane items. And also I liked working with them because they're easier to work with. I can bend them with my hands or any tool and I just, kind of have a crude approach in that regard. So they worked for me. So I just started playing with the forms and altering the rectangle with the wire hangers. And yeah, it was fun. And I like to do more. (laughs) Having done, having played with them in the way that I play with them here, I want to further explore them actually. So that's how I started using wire hangers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so what is it about the um the basic standard canvas size that you wanted to get away from
2: I think I just have been a little bit bored or impatient for a while with the canvas I've always liked texture I've liked icing like application of paint I like exploring the surface and I just think that I just had a general um or I have a general antsy kind of feeling with the blank canvas and having a dynamic surface is appealing to me that could then have paint applied to it. I kind of wanted to create dynamic surfaces that I would then apply paint to because that was satisfying and stimulating to me.
0: Of like the curvature of the paintings, like, like for instance, this one in particular, it does seem to me as if it's, you know, forming that butterfly shape or about wow. to form that butterfly shape or almost could also be quite human with, yeah. you know, the arms and the legs.
2: Yeah. yeah um... I was thinking about butterflies, so when I was um, playing with the forms, I wanted to create a butterfly, but as I was doing that, I also had this, I I have to think about why ears came to mind, but it may be, it's sort of like a chicken in the egg kind of thing, where when I started making them, I kind of saw them as appendages, and was like, these are butterfly wings, but they could be a hand or an arm. They could be an ear. They could be something sticking off. Um, when I uh, sort of appropriated the map of the United States, I thought, great, this sort of is like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so that um, was sort of like this theme, you know, where I wanted to have the appendages have a, like, not just be a formal shape, but then have a visual cue that um, would make sense as an appendage like like I said like an ear or a foot or a, a state like Florida that sticks out so yeah it is sort of any and all of those things um, and then it kind of gives its own little like life force in a way to the paintings each the individual paintings it kind of for me just gives them a little bit more of like a human or a life like not necessarily human but just like a life a more naturalistic shape like a growth Mm -hmm. as opposed to a rectangle so they're sort of like growths but not (laughs) necessarily in a bad way
0: the wire hanger you, you did say earlier that you wanted to have like the clothing draped off the hanger but instead you just decided to use the hanger itself on the canvas and then some do have uh, you did use like some cotton i believe cotton mm-hmm. shirts on some of them can you elaborate more on the cotton shirts
2: yeah and something i could have mentioned too initially about the hangers is they just also have like a sort of simplicity to their form i love like a swirl like a, um you know i can't even think of the word like a spiral you know like a natural spiral So they have that in them inherently, which is fun to me. Um, So I played with that as well. There's sort of like, I sort of further vent and manipulated those little curves. Um, And they also worked out well as a formal element, but as a visual representation of something like an antenna or an eyelash. I think I just enjoy them formally and that. I can manipulate them easily and they also are hopefully recognizable or hopefully at least someone would be like, oh, that's a wire hanger. That's funny. I didn't realize that. Or, oh, I never thought of a wire hanger in any other context than like my dry cleaning. (laughs) The main reason actually that I needed to use the cotton, which are actually mostly parts of t-shirts, was really to... Bridge the um to create a transition from the flat surface to the uh, appendages. So like the appendages kind of like needed to be encased, and they also need to be part of the surface. So the fabric, which was well, which um, is t-shirts mainly, undershirts, um, allows me allowed me to transition from the flat surface to those forms in a way that was seamless and natural and not too mechanical. Like I I like the wrinkles because they feel natural. They feel like skin. So the main purpose was how do I extend the surface out to the appendages and make it an extension of the flat rectangle. Um, So that's why I applied the fabric. And the fabric in a lot of places is sewn around the uh, wire hanger portions to anchor it to the wire and then it's gessoed basically down to the surface. Actually, mostly in order for it to be taut, I would gesso down, I'd figure out what size piece of fabric or t-shirt I needed and I would kind of gesso it down. And then kind of stretch it over and sew it onto those little appendages. So it was really just a way to extend the canvas and the surface to that area so that I could paint on it.
0: Is that something that can't be done with a a traditional canvas? Is is it more difficult to cover? Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, I could have made the form. Yeah, I mean, if it was an overall thin fabric, I could make the form and then stretch it all over at once. But the wire hangers are I think the resulting works are physically like secure and solid, but if I were to just sort of like, I needed to attach them to the surface in a lot of cases that was already stretched in order to like support their structure. So that's why there's like an additional layer of material. And that was the plan was like, to hang the shirt or a coat in the beginning and kind of stretch it, but also have the hanger there to give it that other context. I'd like to explore that, but I tend to go with the way that it naturally wants to flow, and that's
1: not really what happened this time. Sort of interested in um, just like why you decided to start using like clothes. Your last show had socks and underwear, t shirts you found or bought. What was the interest in sort of collaging that into the paintings?
0: That was my next question, which is really
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a valid
2: question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a couple things. I like things that are kind of regular or mundane and not highbrow. So I like using materials like socks or underwear, which are pretty pretty basic. Most people have them or know what they are. <laughs> I think I also enjoy taking something mundane like that and giving it a a newer, a, a different, making it work, hopefully making it beautiful in a other context, like a painting. And I think I'm just sort of like an animal in the sense that like, I like to gather stuff, I see stuff, I find stuff. I'm like, I like that, I want to use it. Yeah, I guess it probably started with towels because I really like the texture that towels offer and I just was exploring other kind of household and basic things that I had, like I had around and I like going, I love shopping at the, Ooh, someone's ringing the bell.
0: (laughs) Sorry, that's my matcha. I do have a question and it has to do more with, obviously we discussed already that you like to explore different textiles and, um, but I also noticed this is my personal observation. I consider you quite fashionable. So is that something that you also like really think about or like what are your ideas behind about the way you dress yourself or, or fashion in general? Yeah.
2: yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I do think about fashion. I don't, I don't. But again, it's about the everyday and it's about like the art of living kind of for me. It's not about like a trend or like, and I like what I like. I know what I like. So yeah, I mean, I think that like fashion is important. And I think that everyone partakes in fashion and it's a choice. I mean, what you put on your body is a choice. And so whether it's from a a place that's defined as fashion or whether it's from, like, a thrift store. I just think it's, like, an integral part of life, putting clothes on your body, you know? So that's honestly how I think of fashion. And I do... I like certain textures. I like certain colors. I like certain materials. Everybody... I guess I'm also looking for harmony. So, like, everybody... I don't know, like, I'm not, there's been times in my life where I would dress more loudly, but generally speaking, I prefer to dress in a more, like, in a way that's, like, more harmonious with, like, I don't know, my body and my, what I like and what I feel good in, and I think fashion's, like, important. It's, it's, like, your skin, like, your skin is important, (laughs) and, like, So is the stuff you put on your body, like,
1: including your clothes. Um, as the collage element, um, Mm. rather than, like, I don't know, like painting the clothes Mm. in a painting or, you know, I mean, are you using it for texture or just as another material? Definitely, I like the texture, but I feel
2: like that's, probably also a convenient after effect. I think it's more about using materials that are like available in the domestic setting. That is interesting to me that are sort of plain and mundane like I know you can have patterned socks and like in my last show I actually like specifically sourced patterned socks but like most socks and underwear and t-shirts and stuff are kind of like you know plain. And also like there's something sort of like anthropological about it for me like just like a human artifact like i feel like it carries a kind of a a little bit of an emotional weight because there's something kind of intimate about those things as well so i think there's like a human relatability factor that i'm interested in in addition to the texture and in addition to the
1: mundane nature of those items. And then just the the next step was just to add the clothes hangers as like, um, I mean, because, yeah, they hold clothes, you know, and mm-hmm. they're kind of like a way to display clothes too, or yeah. to sell clothes. So is that kind of like you're trying to like, you know, reverse that kind of logic by adding those actually into the paintings itself? You
2: know, I don't really actually... Thinking about it now, like I don't actually see the hangers as that different from those other items. It's just those other items happen to be like textiles and fabric. And I actually just think that these are in that same family for me because they're sort of found in the same places and they're kind of worth the same value. And they're sort of nothing particularly special about them in their regular state. So I actually kind of see them in the same way that I would use like a sock or something else. It's just at this time they're not fabric and they're wire. So they offer um, a different kind of formal possibilities. I think that's probably the main part. And they're lightweight so I can apply them to the surfaces and integrate them without a ton of engineering, if you will. Um, yeah, I think I see them actually in line with those other materials like socks and underwear and towels. Just that they're not fabric.
1: Mm. Just looking at it, looking at the paintings more closely, and even the uh, the the drawing on the painting. Mm-hmm. Um. It seems like the wire also kind of evokes some sort of like sort of like violence in a way. Mm. I don't know if that was an intention, but or like a barrier mm-hmm. fencing, um, yeah. something about it where it's like, you know, trying to keep you know being like arms distance or something, or even even when it's like with like the American. Uh, the map you know or just yeah. with the ears and this kind of trees and time it's like all behind the wire yeah I don't know or even just some of the wires coming out of the the abstract form it has this kind of ornamental fencing or kind of domesticated fence I wonder if that was at all Yeah. intentional or just kind of my reading I don't know
2: I think that's a accurate reading but it wasn't to be honest it's not entirely intentional I think usually how I operate is starting from a place more of intuition and then I fine tune what I'm as I go and as I discover what the work kind of wants to be but I think there is a little bit well, there's two things. When I look at some of them, I think there's like a drawing-like quality to some of the, line, to the wires because there's almost like a, they're an extension of some other lines and they serve as like a line, like a drawn line or like a painted line. And in some of the paintings, the paint is thick and textured and it's almost the wires at time are reminiscent of that paint. So there's that for me. But I think there is a violence. There's there's sort of something for me bodily about most of these works. And I think when there's wires undulating in and out and twisting and being sewn up, it definitely makes me think about the body. And I don't think typically wires and things in the body are good. and there's something kind of scar like or surgery like in some kind of way so yeah it's there is sort of like a barrier thing happening in the paintings i think that i'm not sure how vulnerable the paintings are but i think they want to be vulnerable maybe there are some barriers there are some barriers there with the painted lines and some of the like map like fence like arrangements and I think the wires add to that so Mm -hmm. I I hadn't really thought about them as barrier like but I do see that and I do agree and I definitely the American map one yeah it just it felt appropriate for it to be a little bit uh, not a happy perfect butterfly but a little bit um, a little raw a little little spooky a little hairy so the wires have a little of that
1: um
0: I love how you can mm -hmm. see I don't I don't know if it's because of the wire or maybe the fabric itself that's like stitched Mm -hmm. through it's almost it almost looks like a like you were saying like a scar yeah um and it just so happens to be you know the butterfly that that resembles the the United States yeah Are those, like, symbolic for reason or... Yeah,
2: I mean... Well, I guess, like, butterflies in general have, like, this happy connotation, but they also have, like, this regenerative... Regenerative? Is that a word? Yeah. Regenerative? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, there's, like, the chrysalis and the butterfly and... You know, like, theoretically, those black antenna um they're kind of unfurling with the wire hanger sometimes antenna or antennae really are curly like that and i guess i liked leaving like the one on the left the antenna on the left you kind of see a couple iterations of like the shape and yeah it felt right to to leave some of that evidence there and not try to cover it up and make it perfect or make it pretty or make it complete. Or I mean, I guess it's complete as an artwork, but like the antenna, for example, on the left sort of shows some of the growth or the history of the growth and that something could be existing
1: but not be perfect or be incomplete with the map and then with this large mirrored face sky, and just some of the palette it feels sort of like sort of like bleached in a way Mm kind of like like washed out not Mm -hmm. like literally but like visually has this kind of washing Mm -hmm. or kind of cleansing Mm -hmm. in a weird way and i wonder like do you think that's just from the situations with, you know, what's gone on in the country and the world, you know, the last four years, is, that, is there some kind of like mm-hmm. intense emotion or like resistance to that, you think? Because I also noticed like a lot of the figures aren't really human, you know, and they don't, they don't have ears either, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> sort of a main main thing with the works so they're almost they're like not human anymore they're like aliens or yeah post-human or i don't know i'm curious like what your take is on that
2: i think that they are not in a pretty much everything here is not really in a fixed state
1: huh yeah
2: Um, regarding like if there was a character or an image or a figure or a person or whatever um, I would say that everything is in a state of confliction and growth and just you know it's sort of like you can be one way and you can change and become another way and the country could be one way and hopefully can become another way but There's a lot of muck that exists in between and it's real. And I guess I was sort of, and have been like everybody on some level living in a state of that, which is a state of like unknown, a transition, with some unknown variables. I guess with the lack of you know, the humans that that do look like humans and don't have ears, I guess it was important to me to I love the figure and but I didn't wanna have too many connotations with the figures. I didn't want them to be like a particular like, oh that that figure is, you know, a certain race or a certain from a certain place or is of a certain mindset. I kinda just wanted like neutralized creatures or figures, which I actually in earnest believe is part of the future regarding human beings. I, I don't, you know, obviously I'm no expert, but there's a lot of things happening regarding even something, you know, I don't even know if it's my place to talk about these things, but like race and gender. Um, yeah, I didn't really want to, I wanted there to be human relatable figures, but I didn't want them to be attached to any particular type you know, type of person or point of view. I didn't want them to be too specific. I wanted them to kind of be specific but neutral. Specific in their state, but neutral in their in what connotations one would make with them from looking at them.
0: I feel like they're. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I like when I first saw them, I thought of them as like cosmic beings, or mm. like just like very ethereal. And I love that you said that they're general gender neutral, because um, I, I I do feel that when I see them. But I, I definitely feel like like you were saying like it, it's our future. Yeah. Selves, almost
2: Yeah, and it's almost like it's not like it's hard for me to even say the words gender neutral because I honestly don't even want any. I think if I had to pick a way to describe it with words, they are gender neutral, but I almost feel like there's more just like an absence of gender. But you know, also like the one I'm looking at near me looks like a dude because it's like blue and like it's like a button up shirt. But at the same time, He's sort of curling and changing and moving and breaking and uh doesn't have a head, so oh, well,
0: well, I honestly, Frankie, I didn't even know there was a a person, yeah oh wow yeah. okay
2: well there and there really isn't a person though there's kind of like a pair of pants and a shirt, but that's the thing i I think that like the real essence of that picture is that butterfly like armature frame i think that's in the forefront and maybe that's part of it which is like that's more important than a button-up shirt it's like a spine or it's like a yeah it's almost like yeah i mean if i were to read into it right now i would say that like the pants and the shirt are gendered in the sense that they're like a male a male outfit that's sort of receding and abstracted and concealed. And what's more important is the butterfly-like armature that is more in the forefront.
0: I'm also really interested in in, um, particular uh, this piece where it's almost um, sculptural. And the eyelash itself, can you elaborate on this piece in particular?
2: Yeah, this piece is a little bit unique in the in the mix here because I've made all of these paintings pretty relatively recently, but that one I made it um within the last year, but um it's actually I actually I actually have a drawing which is included in the show that's actually from a, some time ago and I had wanted to make it into a wanted to adapt it into a painting and so i basically made this painting of this figure that's based on this drawing and it was sort of living in my studio and i liked it and i wanted to include it but i wanted to bring in the appendage and the wire hanger kind of thing um, in order for it to fit better in the show And I just tried to take my time and not make any rash decisions. And uh, at one point I just said, well, um, the figure itself was already kind of doing a lot. I didn't really want to add an appendage. And it just sort of came to me that the wire hangers would be great as hairs or hair, and that it would be fun and interesting to uh make them the eyelash for a couple of reasons one one reason too is that there's a mundane kind of like bleakness and a blueness to the figure and maybe a maleness to the figure and the idea of a decorated or fanciful eyelash to me is rather feminine so i thought that was sort of fun um to do a fanciful eyelash, Um, but, and then again, this is an, this, I feel like the wire hangers worked really well as like a drawing tool here because they are very much related, I think, to the, the drawn like nature of the painting, the way the painting's painted, the lines in the painting. And then I had fun. I was like, how do I, how am I going to treat this eyelash? Like I thought for a minute, in order to make it more fanciful, I would make it glittery or like as if it was mascara or something. In the end, decided that it was best to paint it like how the rest of the painting was painted. Sort of bring out the flat into the 3D. Another kind of transition, it was like a transition tool to bring out what's on the flat surface into the dimension. So instead of the other ones, kind of have appendages like in the, on the edges, this one sort of has an interior appendage that's sort of like pushing outward. And initially, I um, wasn't sure how I wanted to make the eyelash, so I made a freeform eyelash that I was going to attach. It wasn't really working regarding it technically and engineering-wise, it wasn't really going to work. So, but then I said, well. Most people would have two sets of eyelashes. So here's another eyelash and I'll use glitter on it. So it's sort of like another layer to that story. It's like another eyelash. And it worked out because this figure in the painting only really, he has two eyes sort of, but he kind of only has one. And, um, so there's only one eyelash in the painting and he's missing an ear. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have ears, but he doesn't have a lot of things. He has, like, a <laughs> floating hand, too.
0: And he's looking in the mirror, so do you feel like, or do you think that the figure thinks that, what, what do you think the figure is thinking about when, as it looks in the mirror?
2: Well, in the drawing, it was sort of like something dark. I was thinking of it like, oh, it's like a snake in the face. And there's something like, who am I? What have I become? Like, kind of a vibe. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's just a general self-reflective kind of state. And maybe like, and then when I added the eyelash that kind of added a layer to it, because it's sort of, I don't know, kind of funny to me that like, you might be looking at his eyelash And then I love how formally the eyelash is actually like dimensionally, you wouldn't be able to see it in the mirror if if the painting were actually flat, which it is, if the figure were real, which it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's really just a kind of a reflective kind of a state.
1: Is there a reason you uh, wanted to paint on burlap?
2: There's not a real reason other than again like okay so this kind of painting because it's sort of drawing like I knew I would not be satisfied if it were on a surface that didn't have anything happening so I wanted to create a condition that was somewhat dynamic so that I felt like I justified for me a linear drawn kind of painting It's just how how I think like I don't In this case, I wanted an interesting surface to justify a painting that was sort of plain in its formality. So yeah, it was just like some fabric I had. that, And I was gessoing it, and I liked, as I was going, how the material showed, showed through. So I then applied clear gesso to preserve that instead of like fully gessoing it with white
1: and then another kind of um, (laughs) not curveball but Uh do you think it could be um, an image of you
2: totally yeah I think I probably always have there's always some element of self portraiture in the work, and uh, I like to reflect. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's been an interesting year for everybody. So it's certainly been a a year to. It's certainly been a time period of thinking about things in the in the kind of a level that um, there was space for which is kind of a privileged thing to say because I was able to work from, you know, I was able to go to my studio and work from home and, you know, not everybody, I don't mean to say that everybody had a self-reflective year. There's people who are had a much more difficult year. But in my case, I, was, I had the space for some reflection. So yes, there's definitely self-portraiture in that and probably all the works mm-hmm. but not just this is it, it definitely there but i'd like to think that there's another layer there like i don't want to make self-portraits that are strictly self-portraits i want to make works that are related but others can relate to themselves
0: i'm really curious about uh this figure in the american or the red white and blue painting the cowlick the cowlick yes can you can you explain about the cowlick and and uh yeah and why you decided you wanted to use you know the american flag as sort of a part Mm -hmm. of the,
2: the yeah so i had different ideas about what the paintings were and um I didn't want to use any red, white, or blue because I didn't want it to be, like, so overtly, like, referencing anything American. And when I made the painting with the American map, I didn't want red, white, or blue, even though there probably is a little bit or purple and stuff. Um, Just because I didn't... It's sort of, like, the gender thing and the other... I just didn't want to, like... I didn't want to, like, use colors that then could be misconstrued as, like, like if I were paint, if I were to paint different states blue and different states red, like I just didn't want to do that. Like this wasn't what it's not what it was about anyway. But then I thought, um, I actually made this shape painting like with the appendages, and I just thought, what would make this painting interesting? <laughs> because I didn't, and I just thought, well, I think. It would be fun to use an American flag and to allow the appendages to show a peak of the stars and a peak of the stripes, but that was it. That was enough. So yeah, I mean, this painting was like gessoed and prepared and I left the two appendages with the flag elements on there. And then I had been working on other things, like I had a bunch of drawings and different things I was working on and I kept making this like two things. Well, I kept drawing this like gate-like thing, which was like related to like something I saw in a film that I really liked, the shape of this gate. And there was something about it, like I I, I have to figure out what the movie was. It's terrible, I forget, but I like paused the movie and like took 10 pictures of this gate. And now these drawings of this like gate, And then um, and then I had this other drawing of this figure that was in front of a fence and it's basically this figure and the face was showing. And um, I wanted to paint the figure and basically I just thought, what can I paint on this American flag? I'd like a more of a pictorial kind of an image. And I thought about how the figure would work well here. And I wanted, I just decided that the gate and the figure were a good combination and I wanted to see them in a painting and I started painting. I wanted this to be like a more of a pictorial image and I knew I wanted to bring the stars from the top into like the sky to give it like that pictorial feel. and I guess I'm avoiding talking about the figure. Not avoiding, but I haven't gotten to the figure, which, um... <laughs>
0: I was going to ask yeah. you if like, I can you explain more about the figure.
2: Yeah, so the figure... Or what the figure is doing. Yeah, the figure, um... The figure is doing its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, they're just like in a nice state of peace and they're just in a, it's sort of like an, for me, it's kind of like an idealized painting in the sense that like the figure is um, free, you know, and I don't know how other people would read the painting, but this painting's actually less dark to me. It feels, it's like the, the, the figure is, I don't want to say they're literally American, but like they are sort of like representative for me of this like American citizen person. They don't even have to be American. It's just like the idea of what it means, I guess, to be an American or to be a person who lives in America. And um, the hair. Came about because um, there's probably the self portrait element in there because I'm actually growing my hair out, so it's like my hair is long. I'm oh. thinking about long hair. <laughs> and the lines in the hair, um, you know, were relating to the other lines in the painting, and I just didn't want to put a face and I thought you know that's pretty cool if the hair is like blowing in the wind and if the figure is free and doesn't care. They don't care if their hair is blowing in their face. Um, so yeah, I think this figure is like in a good place. <laughs> and the and the book is like a the book is, the book is either like, you know, a sketchbook or a book of like drawings. But it also could be a book of knowledge. It's just like a. A thing that is a positive source, you know, If I mean, it's not the Bible, but it it, it could be (laughs) anything, you know, it could just be a book that's like a source of knowledge or joy or passion. And um, when I wanted to title this painting, you know, the hair was important to me because it's in the center. And it's that, it's, this painting doesn't, there are some swirls in the way the edges of some things curve, but this paint doesn't really have the swirls, it doesn't have this spiral, the unfurling thing in the wire hangers and all that, so that's really where that exists in this painting, is in that hair, and, you know, I love the idea of a lick, and so... I'm like, this is about a cowlick. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I called it Cowlick Diary because um, I thought it was sort of a fun connotation to refer to the book as a diary. I don't think it's like literally a diary, but it's a personal, the figure has a personal connection to the book. So the idea of a diary was fun to me because it's sort of like, there's something juvenile about it. There's something a little feminine about it. And there's something not too serious, but also like emotional about a diary. Um, So, and then I thought that would be a good title for the show because in a way the paintings could all, if I make a body of work, to me it's sort of like a bunch of diary entries in some way, so.
0: That's so nice. That's how diary. Huh. I love that. I love that you're saying that. Each piece is like a, a page in a diary.
2: Yeah, because sometimes like I want to make work that all is consistent feeling. Or the last time I had a show with you guys, I really wanted to do this, and I'm glad I did it. But like, I wanted the paintings to all be the same size and to kind of have a consistent language and. So I think I'm still looking for what that happy medium is for me. But I think accepting it also is important for me. That's just maybe how I operate. And uh, putting it under like the a title like in and me thinking of it as like diary and you know, I not oh I don't like actively think of these as diary entries, but just like that kind of concept. I think is a nice way to or for me to organ. I guess I want to apply an organization to it, and like the kind of organization that works for me is a diary. I'm not an encyclopedia. I'm more of a diary kind of a person. <laughs> 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 uh-huh.